0: What's going on ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle and this is another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And tonight we have a real special guest in the building. Listen, this lady here, she was a pole assassin. You've seen her on the polls for years and years. And then she decided to change. She started to bartend and then she decided to change again. She decided to open two businesses. Listen, and then she wrote a book. You know we have in the building today? We have distraction in the building today. What's going on my sister?
1: Hey, that sounded like a stage introduction. You made me feel like I'm about to put a show on.
0: (laughs) Always. Whenever distractions in the building, it's always a show. You understand? So what's going on there?
1: Nothing much. Um, I was actually working on some things for both of my businesses. My only thing is um, my mind is always just, Zip 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 zip. You know, I gotta organize things so I can say this time I'm working on this. This time I'm working on this because when you have an entrepreneurial spirit and you have this creative side, it's just like every five minutes, you know, you could be thinking of something new, something new, something new, something new. So,
0: yep, definitely.
1: But I yeah, hundred
0: percent. Hundred percent. And right now, you're in this. What part of the states are you in right now? Georgia. Georgia, okay, Atlanta. And mm-hmm. what's the vibe down there right now? Because whenever we turn on CNN and any <laughs> news station right now, we see people protesting, marching. Some are peaceful, some are a little violent, all over the place. What's the vibe like where you're at right now?
1: So where I'm at, I'm 45 minutes south of Atlanta. So it's um it's pretty quiet over here. But I was in downtown Atlanta um right after the first protest took place and they messed it up pretty badly um i mean but it's 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 to be expected you know when when people are upset and they haven't learned how to deal with their frustrations or they aren't being heard you know it's something it's it's something that's going to happen you know is it right i'm not here to to discuss that, is it wrong? I'm not here to discuss that, but what what I can say is that it it, it wasn't not expected, you know, if, if okay. the world thought that um, there wasn't gonna be some type of violent reaction to occur eventually, especially after we've been quarantined, you know, to add the fact that everybody's been stuck in the house away from people, all this time and then something like this happens it's like okay we've been good we've been in the house we've been doing what you asked us to do you know not this you know on memorial day like the day y'all open the world back up like you know yeah. come on like and i find it not odd that i actually released my company mamas with melanin on the day that george floyd got murdered wow on okay. memorial day i just noticed that last night like <sighs> Man, so when you're in alignment with what God is telling you to say, like things just kind—you don't even notice, you know—coincidence, coincidental things like that happening until after they've happened, and it's like, wow, like I like so it makes me even more passionate about me having that niche, you know, having a space for Black mothers and not just Black mothers, Black men and Black children too. The basis of it is, you know, Black mothers, but I've still incorporated black fathers as well and black children. So no time more than now is was it more important for me to start that movement, but I find it not odd that I released this on the same exact day when his murder took place,
2: so.
0: that's It's crazy, sometimes it's div- divine intervention. You just never know. Sometimes yeah. everything just lines up Wow! But I definitely wanna get into your business and your entrepreneurial spirit and stuff, but let's get back from the beginning of stuff here. The beginning. Yeah, as a kid growing up, what kind of kid was distraction? What did distraction, who did distraction wanna be growing up?
1: So distraction was Kiara growing up. I was, I am the oldest of eight. Um, so I was always the one that was in charge, you know, my, the, the person that's the next closest to me is six years younger than me. So I was like, not oldest by like a year or a few months. Like I was the boss. Um, and growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. Actually. I don't know why I guess it was just a natural, I I don't know why I wanted to be a teacher, but I would sit and teach my bears, my dolls, you know, stuff. I wanted to be a teacher, and I actually went to college. I graduated high school at 16, so I was double promoted. I'm I'm quite um, intellectual, That I I do,
2: That I do know, (laughs) but
0: they're going to find this out. Conversation.
1: Must I say, but Mm -hmm. um, you know how they ask you those questions like... uh, for the yearbook, like most likely to succeed, most likely this, 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 and this. I would have never been most likely to strip. You know, like that, really? like, like <laughs> when people from school saw me like in the club, they face was like, What are you doing in here? And yeah. then when they saw like I was the show, like the headline, they really like, where did this come from? But I was always athletic. I was always in a cheer dance. I've been doing cheer dance since I was 10 okay so when i found a pole i was about 20 and i did my first pole trick the first time i ever touched a pole i was doing a a amateur night contest and so it just came naturally to me i'm like yo
0: (laughs) (laughs) so then that was your your first encounter with the strip club or this was just a what was it your
1: my first first encounter encounter with the strip club um at uh- I was going to an amateur night. I was living with my cousin. She'd We were roommates, and she her and her friends kept leaving, going, doing these private parties and stuff like this. And I'm nosy. I'm just like, What? Where are y'all going? Like, why do y'all keep, you know? She's like, We're going to make some money. And I'm like, Money? She ain't going to a private party. I'm like, I want to go because I'm nosy. So I go. I don't dance, of course, because I don't know what, you know, what I'm doing. But I'm sitting there watching them make money from doing I'm like, These, they can't dance. Like, they really making money. So the next time they left, I was like, I'm going, Where y'all going? I'm going, I'm going. Want to make some money today like well we're going to a club and this club was a white club so they playing all this hard rock and you know this mm-hmm. music i ain't never i don't know what's going on but it was an amateur contest to win some money and i'm like i want to win some money i go do the contest mm-hmm. and i went third place of course uh-huh. I, I mean i'm a black girl they not used to me or my style of dance so I think that was pretty good for somebody first time for me. I yeah. went home with a free money for being on stage for a couple of minutes. And then, you know, I was pretty much hooked. I didn't start dancing immediately after that, but I started okay. going, trying to become a waitress, a bartender, all of that. Da, da, and, da.
0: and this was in the strip club or this was just like at a restaurant? Where were you trying to
1: <laughs> we, really And I money was money. trying to go to the strip club where the money looked right. easy. Yeah. But and This
0: de- was in what part of the States?
1: Detroit. This was in Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, I started in Michigan and nobody would hire me because I was this skinny little puny thing who wore glasses, wore real hair, didn't know how to wear makeup. <laughs> they were not, they was looking at me like, girl, you somebody's daughter If you don't get do out of here. Yeah. And this was 13 years ago. So this was when women really had to be stacked back You know, when I started, like, you had to be stacked or you had to come with some talent. Like, nowadays, anybody who wants to do it can do it. Honestly, they don't have to look like nothing. And most of them don't look like nothing if you go up in a strip club now. But back when I started, like, oh, no, you had to be coming with something. And I wasn't coming with nothing. But
2: a hope and a journey. Where
0: where (laughs) was your transformation where you started to say, I need to get, I need to actually present myself in this way to actually get started?
1: So I snuck one day I was I got hired as a um, as a uh, shot girl and a lot of the guys Detroit guys love a natural looking woman. So they would give me hundreds of dollars just for having my real hair in and I have no weave on. For okay. walking around with shots, like, literally would be like, here, sit down. You have to do nothing here. It's yeah. $300. Like, I remember the exact amounts because I was in such shock. First of all, I'm 20 at the time. And somebody just giving me $300 just because I came in here with a natural hairstyle. You know, <laughs> I'm appalled. Like, yeah. so I'm like, i got to start dancing though because this was the beginning of the make it rain movement where guys make right. it rain. This wasn't something that guys were always doing. Maybe a year before I tried to get in a game, guys just used to hand women big bills, five hundred, a thousand, just big bills, just because, you know, just because they're beautiful or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so this make it rain movement started coming and guys were spending so much money trying to show out in the club and I'm like, nah, I gotta get some of that, you know, like I gotta get some of that. Mm-hmm. And so one day I snuck in during day shift in work because day shift, you know. They didn't really pay attention to you during day shift. This this wasn't the headliners during day shift. Snuck in during day shift. And I stayed too late because I lost track of time. And the security guard who did not, because they used to let the security guards hire at this particular club. The one who just was like, no, you cannot work here. Go home where's your daddy i know your daddy care about you <laughs> he snatched me up some scantlers when he came there and seeing me in there work and get money and so i left there because i had gained a, 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 some experience i was there for like a month again i'm a quick learner i was very athletic so i had learned the stage presence and everything within a month i went to a different club and after that it was over like i was I was going everywhere and people started telling me I needed to go to Miami because of my stage presence. It just kept saying, you need to go to Miami. You need to go to Miami. You just got this stage presence. And I'm like, well, what is it about Miami? You know, like, what is it about there? Mm -hmm. Again, I'm young at the time. I'm about 22, 23. Now I'm not going all the way to Miami to make no money, Mm -hmm. but I did end up going after I had my second daughter.
0: Okay, so then even with that, now did you have your kids before you got into the industry, or during? I did not. While you're...
1: I had my kids maybe like two or three years after I was in the in the industry. I had one when I was twenty-three, and one when I was twenty-five. So about two, two to four years into like once I started, and then my name was Jules before I moved to Miami. My dance name was name Jules. Was Jules. My okay. dance name was Jules. Stop so here you. One
0: quick second. We're going to get to Miami one second here. So mm-hmm. then now you started your career already stripping and you have your kids in between while you're stripping. Mm-hmm. How does that slow you down or what does that do for your career? Having your kids in between while you're dancing?
1: It makes you go back a savage. Like you go back like now it's not just about I want this money. I need this money. I got miles yeah. to feed, you know, I got yeah. kids to feed. I've been gone all this time watching these people, you know, watching these girls make all this money, you know. And I didn't have a financial plan set up. I just got pregnant and then just disappeared. I didn't set up any type of savings or you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I just vanished. And so it was like, oh, when it's time to go back, it's time to go back. back. Like so
2: and how long anything, were you're done for it, a
1: hustle um with both of my children i think i was only out after having them for like four weeks like my body snapped completely back within like four weeks and so okay. yeah i was back like people didn't even know like unless they knew me and was following me on facebook because there was no instagram at this time
2: yeah.
1: they just was like ain't no way you would had a kid <laughs> or two and yeah. i had them like back to back they they 20 months apart so i had them kind of like back to back okay so they like ain't no way (laughs) you done went off and had two kids yeah i did like that
0: that. wow okay so then let's get to miami now because you said when you were in detroit your name was Jules. so then i guess when you got to miami that's when you changed your name to distraction
1: yeah there's How people that still actually call you? me jewels too that's why i'm like i mean you know and i chose that name because i was like jewels sound like a regular name and a stage name yeah. so because i hated guys saying well what's your real name what's your real name that you know they just what do you need to know that for like you know mm-hmm. but when i went to miami i went down there with my with my daughter my second daughter's father mm-hmm. we went to dallas first mm-hmm. i hated it in dallas and then we were on. We were listening to the radio driving back to Detroit, and we heard something about Puff Daddy threw a million dollars in King of Diamonds. Knowing goodwill, he ain't throwing no million dollars. But I ain't know no better than I was like, I'm going to give me some of that million dollars. They've been telling me to go to Miami. That's the next stop. Mm-hmm. So after we got back from Dallas, a couple weeks later, we drove down to Miami. Sign, I go to sign, and they're like, it's a jewel here already. I'm like, well. <laughs> Hmm. What name do I use? There was this girl named Distraction. I liked her name. I borrowed it. I get stuck with it. She still hates me to this day. <laughs>
0: okay. Now let me give you full disclosure, Distraction. Full disclosure. I had her on the podcast probably last year. Uh-huh. She, she claimed that she had the name first. She did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you see. I made it popular.
1: You yeah. <laughs> still hates me for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but fair enough. Is, I love your honesty. I didn't I do it honesty. intentionally. I was—I didn't plan on moving down there. I'm yeah. thinking, because I don't even live there. I'm like, all right, let me use distraction. It's only going to be for a weekend.
2: Yeah.
1: I end up not leaving. So I go and tell the manager, like, you know, I need to change my name, though, because I stole that name from somebody. You know what I'm saying? That. And me not knowing I'm going to get this popular, I mean, it's a million honeys, it's a million strawberries, it's a million you, jewels, you know what I'm yeah. saying, everything, I'm like, mm-hmm. but I'm like, just in case I do, you know, I like mm-hmm. to be different, I, I'm i like, I got to get that name back, I got to pick another name, and he was like, nah, you can't, D- that's, that's your name, yeah. that's what we know you by, that's your that's name now, nah. and so I'm like, alright, and I end up seeing her maybe like six months after I moved and she knows I has his name. She's like, now nah, don't go getting popular. She like, don't go get, she told me don't go get popular off my name. I was like, baby, I ain't trying to, but whatever. Happened. Cause when I came in Detroit, I would still go by Jules, you know, when I came back to Detroit, cause that's, I was a popular dancer in Detroit. So I would go by the name that they knew me by, mm-hmm. which is Jules. I end up blowing up with distraction and it was like, and i see i meet people 20 like it's this other girl that's trying to use your name and i be like i took the name from her i just yeah i, I made the name you know what i'm saying i mm-hmm. took the name from her but i made it you know what i'm God, saying it's kind of like it's like ray Croc. Mm-hmm. he took mcdonald's name he that wasn't his name yeah. but he did he 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 did the thing with it you feel yeah. me He he made he it popular whole, yeah he took he took the he branded it I branded it, you know. That's that's what branding is. I branded it, I, you know. Like what? Can, what
0: <laughs> Sorry,
1: I don't lie about oh, it. You know, you yeah. that ain't, that's one thing you ain't because she could never say that I lied and I was like, oh, I, oh, I told totally, I, I, I totally like, like, totally you. I totally respect
2: that. Like I, I tell
1: people that all the time. Like she had it first. She thought of it, <laughs> and. <laughs>
2: You just <laughs>
0: made it That's what popular. happened. I yep. got you. Okay. So then now you're in But Miami
1: I did spell you're... mine differently.
0: That Spend I with because, a because you're a Y and she's with an X down at the end.
1: Or something like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Okay. So you get to Miami now and then you get to, I guess the first club you went to was KOD, King of Diamonds. Yeah. And that's where it really started popping now. What yep. was your first, what was your first night like in KOD, especially you being the outsider coming into their turf?
1: my first night was very interesting. Yeah. So they have this thing where you have to pay a tip in and a tip out. Okay. I ain't used to paying nobody twice. <laughs> I didn't Detroit. We don't do that. Yeah. I'm like, so I didn't know about this though. So I paid to work. Mm-hmm. When it's time to leave, the manager is asking for me to pay to leave. I'm looking at him like, uh, no sir. Yeah. I, <laughs> I paid you to work. He's like, yeah, we take 10% of what you make. And I was like, oh, that's not going to work for me, baby. Yeah. I, you know? So my first night, I don't really remember what I made, but I remember the second night, me having my baby daddy come in there, sit at the bar. Wherever I made money, I would go give it to him and have him count it and turn it in because it's the ones that they count, that they take 10% off of. So I'm having him turn it in as the night goes. So now I ain't got to pay no Whatever y'all are talking about when I leave, you know, I learned I learned how to play the system real quick, oh like. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, y'all. Ain't, mm, that's not going to work for me. So I had made about $1,000 that night. And I remember getting into it with a girl too because I didn't know anything about like there was this rule there that if you're sitting or you're dancing when the first dollar is thrown, that's whoever is over there in that section. In Detroit, is free for all. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. <laughs> they start throwing money, you better get over there and start getting it. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm getting over there getting it. Oh man, I didn't almost got fired. I done almost got in a fight, and I had to be trained. Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is how it works down here i don't know yeah. about detroit
1: but you're in miami yeah. This is how it works. yeah but once i got trained and again learn how to work the system because i'm very smart mm-hmm. okay so this is how y'all do it down here listen as long as i know the rules i know how to work around them mm-hmm. i got it but the next day i didn't work on sunday but i worked on monday which used to be fight night I went home with about twenty five hundred dollars, and that's when I decided,
2: yeah.
1: I'm not going back home.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Send the kids. We yeah. down here, you know. And I'm new. I didn't even have. I didn't. I didn't have. They put me on the lame side of the stage, which is the other side. It, it used to be called Stage Three there, which okay. it it didn't get as much traction as the main stage, and I mm-hmm. still was in there, killing it. And I'm just like imagine when i you know actually break in here and make a name for myself figure out how do i get myself on that main stage i did this and i'm a nobody i don't know none of these men you know what i'm saying i don't know none of these girls they all probably looking at me like i'm retarded right now but i'm not going nowhere you know i just made this like this so that's how i ended up moving to miami
0: okay and how long were you actually working at kod's for
1: uh i would say about four years i was probably there from like 2011 to like 2015 ish like steady um i was there on and off like sometimes in 2015 because once i started to travel Mm -hmm. things just i was just everywhere you know i was everywhere in miami especially once i made a name for myself i would just i could just go anywhere and everywhere you know and get a bag Especially like at G5, like if G5 had like some type of special event going on, I would go over there. And my manager actually got mad at it and he started to make this clause like, if you a flying angel, because I became a flying angel too, he made this group called the Flying Angels, which were essentially, you know, some of the best pole girls in America. Yeah, some of them didn't even live, live there. Like two of our girls actually lived in New York at the time. And who
0: was in Paul
1: Angels? Flying Angels. Um, Angel. There was Spider Magic, me, Mazani, um, New York, which used to be my stage partner. Okay. Uh, the, it, it was a. Few, it it changed depending on the season because people started to be added, mm-hmm. some started to drop off. So it just the original ones though were the ones that I named. Yeah. The original
0: you guys, at these times, you guys were basically like the superstars of your industry at that time. There, because I know Magic and Spider, they were everywhere doing crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. New York, she has she went to Jamaica and did a TV show with Vibes Cartel. Mm-hmm. You were all over the place, so it's like that Flying Angels conglomerate was mm-hmm. like the top tier of strippers when it came to the game mm-hmm. in America at one time.
1: Yeah, well, pole dancers, because I wouldn't even say top tier strippers, because when I started, Black China was still dancing. Joslyn was dancing, but they weren't in, they weren't Flying angels but they were top tier. You know, they didn't do pole. You see what I'm saying? Like, they didn't do pole. Right, right, right. So it was Dime Peace was still dancing. Like, they, you know, I I danced with all these girls.
0: You danced with, so you, Black China, and all of them danced together? Mm hmm. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. No idea. You know what? Since you brought up Black China's name, do you have a crazy story with you and her at the club?
1: A crazy story with you. Nah, no, I just remember when she got when she first got with Tiger, and I just didn't believe her. It, it was me, her and Mazani. We were booked somewhere, mm-hmm. um, somewhere in Florida. And she was saying that she was about to stop dancing because Tiger didn't want her dancing no more. And I was like, "Girl, you ain't, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking at, girl, you ain't messing with no tiger. Shut up, girl. Uh, if you are, what's the problem? Because I'ma stop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but after that, I ain't see her no more. Next thing you know, she living in Cali. She just she having the baby. I'm like. Oh, damn. She was telling the truth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I guess it comes with the lifestyle because you guys are always moving around, flying around, meeting all of these artists, these rappers, all these type of big stars here. So then it's very easy to get swept up right away.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It, it, it is. And it's not because okay. if you're so deep into the industry where you're loving making your own money, you're loving the attention you're getting. Most men, when they come along, they want to take all that from you. they like, stay at home. I'll pay you. You don't have to worry about anything. They don't want you getting attention from all these men flying all over the place, never at home. So, I mean, it depends. It's easy to meet a man. It's not easy to keep one. Got you. Well, you know,
0: like real life, that's 110% what it is. All right. So, KODs here. Give us some... Three of your craziest nights in KOD, whether it was whoever came through, the type of money you made, something that stood out in your mind to this day. Three nights, KOD.
1: Okay, so my first memorable night, I talk about this in a book, too, was when Rick Ross was there. Mm -hmm. I danced with Lyra Galore. Um, Rick Ross was there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like legends was made in KOD, like real talk. Okay. He was there and he had a particular, like most of them, Tam Floyd, most of them when they come, they like the mixed looking girls, you know, so I didn't waste my time over there. I, you know, I was, I was still flat chested, skinny, you know what I'm saying? I was like, and I had only been there for a few months. I'm not about to wait in that line. It used to be this line you had to wait in to try to get up there and be with him and, you know, split split the money. He'll probably spend maybe 30,000 which is a lot. And it might be like 10, 20 y'all up there. So y'all get anywhere from five to 10,000 and then you got to pay your 10%. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going through that. I'm going to mess with the dudes that come on a normal, you know what I'm saying? See if I see anybody that I normally see. Mm -hmm. And as I'm walking away, cause this this it was this girl, she was from Ohio. I have a good memory. She was from yeah. Ohio. She wasn't like people would fly in to come to events like this, you know. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't from there. And she we were supposedly partnered, going to get some money. She was like, Well, I'm gonna wait over here. I was like, Well, that's fine. I don't have a problem with doing anything on my own. I was always alone anyway. And as soon as I walk away from her, this girl stops me and snacks me on my butt and tells me to dance. Normally, I don't even like girl. I don't like dancing for girls because they just be too extra. They be hating all that. And I'm like, I mean, I ain't doing nothing else. Let me dance. She gets $1,000. Throws that. Gets 2000 Throws that. Says, wait right here. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to get some more money from my baby daddy. Gets 3000 Throws that. Says, stay right here. Don't go anywhere. At this point, old girl <laughs> who was waiting for Rick Ross comes and walks past like... Oh, I'm like, I told you, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I told you, but now you remember the rule that I told you about, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Once somebody here and that first dollar get thrown, it's over for anybody else. I'm over here by myself. Normally, if this amount of money is being thrown, it's like two, three, four girls. Okay, I'm by myself and I'm new. So now all the girls walking past looking at me like, how, does, how, 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 how? So she like, no, and this is none of y'all's. Y'all can go ahead and keep walking. This is what the girl's saying This dancing. She gets another thousand, throws that. I'm like, they're calling me on stage. I'm like, all right, I got to go to stage. I'll be back. She's like, we'll still be right here. Go ahead on stage. One on stage, make 1600 <laughs> So I'm just eating for the night. Go back over there. She throws another thousand. So now at this point I'm like, where am I going to hide all this money? Because yeah. I'm not giving yeah. them 5 $600. I mean, I know I got a lot of money, but I'm not giving y'all 5 $600. Somebody car note that somebody rent. Like I'm not giving that to y'all for what, you know what I'm saying? Like I just don't, I, I, my mind just couldn't wrap my head around that. And so I had the security come clean it up. Now this heavy. You know, cause some of it's wet and it's a lot of money, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. I'll go to the back, empty out all my dance clothes out my bag and stuff and jump this money into the bag, stuff and it, stuff and stuff. And it left my clothes, shoes and everything in the locker. Like I'll come back and get that. Even if I have <laughs> to buy more, this is over $6,000 and I'm not giving them
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. 10%. So that was my first memorable night. Second would be when I ended up getting into a fight with a dude, I hadn't learned my temper yet. Now, me in New York, we're doing this particular trick where she does a headstand on my back and this guy is just coming and he's swiping my private area like this while I'm bent over. Mm-hmm. And... I've I've lost like I've thrown her off my back and I'm like lost it and she like just just calm down and you know they all him and his boys laughing and they think it's funny I'm like all right, I'm gonna give him another chance mm-hmm. he's probably drunk look at the industry I work in you know I'm used to to, to dealing with with nimwits you know yeah. but still ever just really never had that type of patience he does it again I let it pass again the third time I think God I probably like took her and threw her into him. I'm like, you know, scrapping his dude. He swells up, got all these muscles. I'm like, yeah, I'm in trouble now. You know, like <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm
1: in trouble now. The minute he comes to try and get me, security so he, like snatches me up just in time. And all my, I think I had like a thousand dollars of me in New York's like in my fingers because they were big bills, yeah. like in my fingers. And as he's snatching me up, it gets. It falls out of my hand. And I'm like, no, <laughs> my money, <laughs> our money. Like, that's the sack right there. Like, I done squirmed up out of his hand, snatched our money up, and get cussed out by my manager. He's like, you're not in Detroit. You can't, you don't, know, what's wrong with you? You can't be bringing that Detroit down here. And da-da-da-da. I'm like, man, you don't know what he did. And where was the security at when he was doing what he did? You know what I'm saying? So, That was another time. Let's see when I can think of, like, another third time. Mm -hmm.
0: So that really sticks oil in your mind. Okay. That
1: night. I came back home to Detroit one day and watched a man get shot and killed in the club, like, right there. It's a dead night, too, like. Wow. nobody's there, this guy come in acting religion, he gets on stage no shirt on, security ain't doing nothing, I'm in the corner I'm sitting in a corner like sitting on a speaker like it's really like so dead in there at this time, and it was a Friday, I don't know why I was so dead, but I'm sitting in the corner talking to my homeboy because you know we haven't seen each other in a while, and next thing you know he goes out comes back in, and we just hear pop, bop, bop, I look across, this man is getting shot and one of my homegirls too, her her husband used to come in and support me. Although I haven't seen them since, she and this was like maybe like four or five years ago. And her her husband used to come in the club every weekend and support me. Her leg got grazed by the bullet, but but seeing that like I've. I've seen people get shot and killed on the outside of the club. There's been shootings on the inside, but I've never had to go past a dead body. He didn't make it, you know? Yeah. And, um, that, that for me stuck out a lot because one of my good friends, like that was her last day. She like, I can't do this no more. And I'm like, I thought I was going to be... I'm like, why can't I quit? Because yeah. I, I've tried everything. I have tried. I was like, I'm going to join the military. I've tried so many things. To get, it's so hard yeah. to get out of dancing. It's like being a drug dealer, a legal drug dealer, you know? Especially the,
0: what is it that really... Because I still want to go a bit more into this moment, but since you brought this up, I want to talk about this a bit. Mm-hmm. What is the quote-unquote, we'll call it the addiction. Is it the money? Is it the attention? Is it both? Is it the display? What is it about the the lifestyle?
1: I think it honestly depends on who it is. For me, it was the freedom and the money. I could work when I want to, where I want to, and make a shitload. I just told you what one of my biggest days was. You know, like, I'm making what it takes some people months to make in one night you know and it's not like that for everybody you know it's definitely not like that for everybody but this is for somebody who didn't even party at the time for those who like to party they're getting paid to party especially if they don't have children they're getting paid to drink for free okay. smoke for free they don't have to wake up and you know like have any rules like I was telling people like did me being a flight attendant, not as the first real job, like career I've ever had. And it's like, you know, being attentive to time and, um, not being able to just get up and go how I want to. It, it really depend Like you kind of get addicted to having that, that type of freedom. That's why I feel like I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit because I've always me. I, I I'm, I'm unemployable. You know what I'm saying? Like you, it, like, you can't give me no rules, and to, even with clubs, I'd be like, you know, they implement some rule that I just don't agree with. Like, listen, I can go somewhere else. I ain't gotta be here, you know. But it's the fact that you're making all this money tax free, and you ain't got nobody that you gotta answer to, honestly. And it's like, how do you get? And then we don't learn how to budget. We don't learn how to use our money. We just think we're like drug dealers. Oh, if we can go to work and make it tomorrow, we live beyond our means because we had a thousand dollar night two nights in a row we feel like we can afford two thousand dollar a month rent no ma'am you know like (laughs) mess up the credit is just a downward spiral if you if you haven't learned any financial responsibility which many of us haven't if you haven't learned what to do with the money yeah you can make it but do you know what to do with it and and it gets you stuck because by the time you do know what to do with it you ain't making it the way you use the girls not making money the way they used to back when okay. when i started you know okay. it, it the economy just doesn't have it right now like all the guys who were spending money like that they're locked up mm-hmm. and the ones that's spending money like that are smarter now they're not just in there just throwing money away and then the girls all cheap now they yeah. they're they, they too easy they're not providing a, a a a this fantasy that guys used to you know, wanna see. So they it, the money is just not there the way it used to be. Yeah. And um you just get stuck. It's like how do I get out?
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes totally, totally makes sense. Cause we're gonna go down the road a bit more just now. Let's um continue here with the Miami. Miami now is where you basically this is where you basically grew your wings as the flying angel. This is where you met New York also? Yes. Okay, and where was the catapult where you actually started to really see your started to rise in the KOD?
1: Um, so there was this time I wore this black curly hair. And in Detroit, I used to love to dance off of Dirty Diana. And I came in one day and somebody was like, you looking, looking like Dirty Diana, oh. I'm like, and I'll dance to it and tear it up yeah. too. <laughs> and so she dared me, I'm like, Bet. Let me go tell the DJ to put it on. DJ puts on Dirty Diana. Mm -hmm. I tear it up. I stop the entire club. They like. That's when I realized, like, and the manager Mm -hmm. who created Flying Angels, his name is Rick. That's when he realized showstopper. She's a showstopper. If she can take this song Mm -hmm. in the hood club in the middle of the night, Right in between some Jeezy and some young jock.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: The club yeah. And and men don't get mad, something's in her. She's something special is in her. Yeah. So that's when I started to get a little bit of attention. Mm-hmm. When I changed my hair color to red because it was so many people. It was so many of us, it was hard to stand out, especially with me again, not having a body, you know, like a Miami built body because then <laughs> They was built. They was yeah. that. You feel uh-huh. me? Like they was that. I'm like, I gotta do something to stand out. Nobody in here is wearing red hair. I'm gonna wear red hair. I used to wear red hair in Detroit. Sometimes, you know, let me put my red hair in. And then this is the time around when Kay Michelle was coming out. Yes. So everybody's like, you look just like Kay Michelle. You look, and I don't know who she is because I don't. Watch, I still don't watch TV like that to this day. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Kay Michelle is, but I'm like, I guess if she getting me traction fine. Is she ugly? (laughs) No, she ain't ugly. All right, cool. I'll look like, Hey, Michelle, whatever. But that, and then when I tried to change my hair back to a different color, again, the same manager who told me I could not change my name from distraction was like, no, you cannot change your hair from red. It was so deep that they wouldn't even let other girls work. there with red hair. Like I remember a girl coming here and this was her signature hair color from a different club. And they told her you cannot work here with that red hair because when they see red hair walking around the club, mm-hmm. they expect it to be me. Yeah, It was deep. And then I went to pink, you know, because I'm like, OK, they can't keep the girls from wearing red. Now they all trying to wear red. So let me do something even more absurd. Let me do pink. And this is before everybody started wearing these odd hair. Like I always did stuff before. As far as like my look, I always did stuff to stand out before. For anybody else, those stoned nails, I wore that before everybody. Okay. I used to wear glitter eyebrows. I used to wear glitter lip when that glitter lip stuff came out, I had been doing it for a year already. Okay. And getting talked about. I was the I was the I was the guinea pig that got talked about and laughed about. Like we well, she, she looking crazy, you know, a year later. I'm just a little ahead of my time. That's all. But you know, then people started to pick up on it and they did, you know, but it was a thing. Again, it was a branding thing. Like people knew if they saw glitter lips, it's distraction. If they saw glitter eyebrows, it's distraction. If they see red hair, it's distraction. Pink hair. But when I did the pink, I really started popping because that's when I started doing photo shoots and, you know, stuff like that. So it was like the deeper I got into branding myself and putting a certain stage presence Uh because like me and new york were really big with that like we weren't like the best pole girls but we knew how to put a show on you know what i'm saying we practiced yeah. our craft we were good on the pole we were great on the pole but we had a different type of like spice to us you know what i'm saying we first of all didn't even look like i remember one of the owners of uh diamonds of atlanta telling me after we auditioned, cause she didn't know who we were. Okay. She was like, I didn't think y'all was going to be able to get up the pole and do what y'all did. Cause y'all not built. Like we didn't have a pole body build. We had like just a, a cute thick, you know, like we just about to go up there and be cute. We didn't have like that. Ugh you know type of build so she just wasn't expecting it and i think that was the thing that was different about us for everybody if they didn't know when people saw us for the first time they never expected what we was coming with you know what i'm saying so we we brought that and we always brought our best um like our be- we just always wanted to put on a a great show you know sometimes she would dip off and get in her feelings or I knew how to deal with her, you know what I'm saying? That was my baby. I knew how to deal with her. Everybody else didn't quite know how, but... <laughs> <laughs> and
0: you guys, I guess you guys met at KODs and then you guys started to travel across the country yep. and stuff like that to different clubs. And yep. I know you guys even came to Canada one time.
1: Yeah, as... we found to Canada a, few, a couple times together.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, what's the real difference? Because I know certain parts of the um, states... You could um, just get topless. You have to leave your bottom on and stuff. What's the real difference in, I guess, like a Detroit versus a Miami versus a Houston or somewhere else or New
1: York? So Detroit and New York, Mm -hmm. I'm almost certain there is no new, only Mm topless. And like in New York, you can't even touch like you're not supposed to touch the girl like certain places up here, like Philly. You're not supposed to touch the girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I learned this from a guy from Philly, like, coming and saying, like, is it okay, like, that I touch you? And I'm like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he like, well, in Philly, you know, we not allowed to, like, touch or nothing like that. Detroit is illegal for you to give a lap. Then we not supposed to sit on a guy. If the police come in and raid, y'all both going to get a ticket. But they still do it. Nudity is not allowed in Detroit. But if you're, like, on the outskirts of Detroit, like, in a different city, Mm-hmm. And you don't sell liquor, then nudity is allowed. But they don't allow nudity and liquor to be in the same atmosphere. In Florida, it's like everything goes nude liquor. Yeah. Ain't no cutoff time. Like it,
0: So wasn't just, that a, a shocker from you coming from Detroit? Yeah. Okay, I could just go topless and then now go into Miami. Now I gotta go nude. What was that like the first time you actually had to like Frank, This is not like a game.
1: It wasn't really a shocker because the first club where I really made my name at in Detroit, it was a new bar, but they didn't sell liquor. So I was already used to the new. I just didn't. I just didn't choose to do it. Like, I just thought I was who I was and I didn't choose to do it. And once I started to make a name for myself in King of Diamonds, our manager requested that we keep our clothes on because he knew people would be recording us. See, In my club in Detroit, it wasn't men couldn't have their phones out. In mm-hmm. King of Diamonds, you know you're gonna end up on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like so, be like y'all, y'all headliners. People are gonna record y'all. We encourage it actually because it's more promotion for us. Mm-hmm. Don't like we would actually get in trouble if we like made a mistake and took a top off just by habit. Because if we were dancing for somebody, you know what I'm saying, we would probably take our top off or something like that. But on stage, it's like no, keep everything on because you're headliners and you're gonna end up on the internet somewhere so
2: got you
0: yeah that was it right there okay so then now we went to Miami and then from Miami where did you end up going from there
1: Miami I ended up going back to Detroit because Miami was starting to just die off like so I was back in Detroit and mostly just traveling and taking bookings mm-hmm. from there until I decided to just retire and become a bartender i didn't even choose to become a bartender i got forced to i went to be a waitress again (laughs) and again you know the person that was doing the hiring was like nah it's just like they never wanted me to be a waitress in a strip club they you nah you can't do that and that's how i ended up becoming a bartender i actually loved bartending and i was glad that he ended up putting me back there and seeing whatever he saw in me um so put me back there but I didn't know the first thing about making a drink or none of that yeah. but yeah well, I so. in
0: the club so they figure you have the look you have the swag you understand yeah. how the club works put her yeah. in the bar she'll figure it out as she goes yep yep and, and I, I, I did it and that's what it came down to oh yeah you said you were tired When now, where everything is going good, you're making a lot of money, it's addictive, you're making 6,000 some nights and stuff like this, where did you start to feel like, you know what, I don't really wanna do this anymore? Or what was the first feeling you got where it started to eat away either in your heart, your stomach, or somewhere where it started to say, "Mm, I don't know about this?
1: When I just started getting into one too many arguments with girls about my money, Mm -hmm. seeing one too many men die, not being able to keep a real relationship, you know, because it it's hard for a man's ego. I understand men very well because I've worked around them so much. It is it is it, it's, it, it's hard for a man's ego, you know, getting all this attention from other men, having to show your body even if they did meet you there, which most of the men I dated, I met there, you know what I'm saying? They have a different hit a perception of you versus if they met you when you weren't. So, and then the, the one thing that really laid on my heart though, was that my daughter started getting older and they started to ask to come to work with me. They didn't know where I was working. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's time to, to, to make a career move. Like you can't do this all your life. You have nothing, absolutely nothing to show for all this money you were making. It, it's time to just do something else you know like you got to figure out a way to get out of this i don't know how you're gonna get out but once i made a decision like i have to get out i'm gonna get out that's when things started shifting i didn't know again i tried everything joining the military i tried to join the military that didn't work they didn't accept me i don't know why but <laughs> try you know i've tried all type of things letting the man take care of me all of that stuff and none of it worked until I found God that's when I found God he started making moves and ways for me I was just thinking the other day like I would have never thought like I didn't know how I was gonna get out I literally thought I was gonna be in there being a grandma (laughs) (laughs) because people still to this day ask me like why did you like if I was to go back right now Mm -hmm. they would be happy
2: yeah
1: they would be happy
0: (laughs) And when you say it's hard to, is it hard to get out because you're addicted to the lifestyle, or you're making this money and you don't have any other way of making money? What's the hardest part about getting out?
1: For me, I wouldn't even say it was necessarily the lifestyle. I would say it was the money, especially after having kids, mm-hmm. and that's the the lifestyle that you used with this amount of money that you were making is the one that you're used to, mm-hmm. and you're scared. Like mm-hmm. it's like, how do I go from making. Hundred, two hundred dollars an hour to making ten. Yeah. I don't have no resume with no experience. You know what I'm saying? To even try and step into a decent career, you know, like if I do try and go get a real job, what I'm gonna tell them? I've been doing for the last ten years. Mm. You know. So, and then again, how do you go f- from making two hundred dollars an hour to making twenty? 20? Yeah. is not a bad. That's not a bad price for people who used to. You know, they used to making that, but. Somebody who used to make a 200 tax-free, you want me to take 20 and you take your taxes out yeah, and I gotta wait on it every week or every two weeks and budget it and uh, it's- it, it,
0: that's, that's that's hard.
1: That's, that is hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is hard. Because I, I really understand because once you're in a position where you're now basically, you're your own boss, you're making this type of money. Now, I know in my heart, it doesn't feel good anymore. So what do I do? So how could I make a hundred dollars an hour doing something else? And that's really where your mind is gonna go. And it's like, I guess, usually when you get out of dancing, I guess the first thing you're gonna do getting out of dancing is to go bartending. So you were up here, <laughs> dancer, bartender before you go out the door. Yeah.
1: That's what a lot of girls do now. They weren't doing that at first. They would go to, to waitressing. They would, they would try to leave. Mm-hmm. Cause this is what I did. I left for maybe like a year. Okay. Um, but the person I was dating at the time was providing for me financially Mm -hmm. a lot. But once we broke up, I was like, or we were starting to break up. I was like, I gotta go start, you know, I gotta go start stacking up. I got two kids to feed, you know, Mm -hmm. we are not getting help from their fathers. You know, you definitely it's all on you. So I went, yes. I'm like, I'll be a waitress, you know, like, that's better than dancing. It's the same damn thing. Yeah. One just got on more clothes.
0: Okay. You know, it's the, it's it's the environment. Is that's really what it comes down to? Is their environment that you're in?
1: Yeah. And then most of them will still do dance. They'll, they'll still do their little twerking if, if a guy asks them to, but it's the same environment. The only difference is you're not on stage. Yeah. You know, if you're going to go waitress in a restaurant, yeah, but if you still here, you know, tricking these men out their money, overcharging them, getting rained on, got these little shorts on or this little one piece on with, with your booty all out, mm-hmm. it's it's the same thing. You It makes you feel better. You know, it makes a lot of them feel better because they can say, oh, I ain't stripping. Yeah. Okay, you know, whatever. You know what I'm you're saying? Just, like it's
0: we, just wordplay schematics, but you're still in the environment. <laughs> exactly. You still look the same. You're still kinda the same thing. What was the scariest night that you personally had in the club?
1: Um I would say one of them shootouts where you know what I'm saying, where you you in a dressing room and you hiding under the counter hoping and praying it the shooter don't come in there and you know what I'm saying, you get hit, you know, like and I've been in, like I said, a number I can't even remember how many I've been in, like you would think that was enough to make you get out, but when you've been in the middle of a shootout and you still just gotta go back to work the next day yeah, something is wrong you know, I, I ain't no police officer I ain't signed up for this to be shot at and you know, in shootouts and you know what I'm saying I, I I didn't sign up for this but yeah i would say when in, in detroit and it's only happened in D- detroit i've been you know what it's happened there before too okay so there was a shootout there and it wasn't inside the club though it was happening outside the club afterwards and i remember this girl like i'm on the ground ducking behind the car and i'm like oh man how do i get out of this Canada they don't even know i'm over here you know as far as they know i told them i was going to new york you know what i'm saying like i'm not even supposed to be over here like my goodness like yeah. what is going on i can't get stuck over here in another country you know like, i gotta get home to my kids i'm like my goodness like but there was this girl her knees were scraped up because we were outside and i remember her knees were scraped up and she's like please help me i'm like Sus, how you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I'm at. You know, it was such yeah. thing as lifts or Ubers back then. I'm like, sus, what you want me to do? hold your hand? Like, yeah. I can hold your hand, but I don't really know what you what you want me to do. I'm trying to help me, baby. You know, uh, that was that was pretty scary too because yeah. I was in a different country. You know, it's not like I could just call somebody like, pull up, come get me help. Yeah. I could call nine one one. You know, yeah. none of that. So, That's so that was crazy. pretty scary so, and yeah.
0: even mentally what does our stripping do to you mentally
1: oh my mentally it is a lot it it impacts you a lot again with every relationship mm-hmm. you know your mother the relationship with your mother your father your children a romantic relationship you think of men differently you know if they can't come to the table with this then you know this this and this you feel like everybody's judging you um it does a lot man then you already had this mentality where you again you can wake up well go make money this same day from doing this or that like it it depends on the person who you are it's hard for you to keep real friends in there like i uh, my goodness i got a story about that in the book too but keeping real friends in there listen i have a saying when the dollar go up all your friends go down because i've seen some of the best friends, supposedly best friendships get ruined you know in there in that atmosphere because of money or because of a man that's not theirs. You know, your morals go out the window. You'll mess with married men, you'll mess with girls and, and you ain't even gotta be gay. You know, you'll do all types of things for the money, yeah. just for the money. And it's, it, if you don't have a strong mind, yeah, it can definitely take a toll on you and tell you it's a whole different person that you just really are not, you know, so.
0: You totally totally get that one there and when you were in the clubs, what were your hard no's? What was something you said listen, I'm staying on this and you can't get me to change this
1: um, Married men,
0: Okay.
1: I didn't do married men if I knew they were married a lot of them hide it They take their ring off don't wear the ring, you know a lot of them hide it Is that um I didn't steal, I would not steal like all that little scheming and scam and stuff that those girls used to do. Like one thing, if, I was get, if, if a manager saw me into it with a girl about some money, he already knew who side because I tried to stay to myself, especially in Detroit. Like I tried to make my money to myself. If a guy wanted a girl to come over, let me get my money up, let me get out the way. Cause I don't want no type of problems. I didn't do arguing. I'm swinging you know what I'm saying I don't I had time for none of that like
0: yeah I, on site
1: on site I don't share the stage with nobody you know what I'm saying like it it was just certain things rules that I developed the older I got the more mature I got when I was like I just really don't have time to be in this Beef, I didn't really make friends in there after I've seen you know two best friends mm-hmm. not be best friends anymore one doing her husband husband. You know, that's when I was like, you know what?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> mm, you know what I'm saying? I, mm. yeah.
2: I stopped dating
1: cool. men that I that I met in there. Like I just it was like a new rule. Every time I you know, you had to make rules in order to survive. Like you had to be stand strong on your morals and start making some rules or You know, even as far as my money, like I wouldn't go and spend all my money anymore. I had to make rules for my money. Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna put this amount up, this percentage up and spend this percentage. You know, I had to even learn to make rules, which I didn't start learning to make rules with my money until I became a bartender. Okay. I made more money and kept more money as a bartender than I did when I was dancing.
0: Okay, wow. I guess you just go through the process. One last thing before we even get out of the club now is, did you actually do any surgeries while you were in the clubs?
1: I did. I I talk about this in my book as well. But at that night, um, Rick Ross came in there. I made like sixty three hundred. I went home with like sixty three hundred dollars, and I scheduled a procedure to get my breast done like yeah. the next day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: like
1: I was like, "Yo, I need. Yep, I'm gonna need that done." So I did um, get breast enhancement. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I if I. I'm thinking about getting my stomach done right now. You don't yeah. even know right. <laughs> how that quarantine got me right now. I'm going to try this workout thing. Yeah. But uh, look, I've been saying this for years. Like, listen, this workout don't work, baby.
0: <laughs> it is but, what it is, right? Okay, right. So again, you see the thing I like. I like your openness. Again, you went through this, all of this. And this is what made you who you are today. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm glad we opened this. What was it like your last day in the club stripping?
1: I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember because I don't remember when I just finally said, because when I first started bartending, I was still bartending on some days and I would dance on some days. So I don't even remember when the definite day was for me that I stopped Mm -hmm. dancing. I do remember the definite day when I stopped bartending. I just, I didn't even tell them I was leaving. I just left quick let's talk, cold turkey. Let's, talk,
0: let's <laughs> talk about that. What was, why did you do that? What was, what did you make up in your mind? You say, you know what? I can't do this anymore.
1: So I went to a conference. I went to a conference last summer and I had a prophetess tell me to choose a day, stick to it and leave and I'll be fine, you know. Okay. And that's what I did. I chose the day. I stuck to it. And I moved,
2: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
1: like, I moved so that I wouldn't go back. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Like yeah.
1: I know me, I know mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back. So let me just move and I moved to Georgia. Um, So that's what helped me, you know, I have a good support system here. My aunt lives here, my dad lives here. I'm a daddy's girl. So, you know, uh, I just had to get out of Detroit. Like it's, and what's crazy is, Okay. So I moved and I was like, okay, I got to find a job. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll let you get, I answered your question. Right. My last day I was fed up. I couldn't wait to get up out of there. And because they were just doing stuff all wrong, they were taking so much money out of the ones. And it was just, I was like, I just, I'm not, I, I began to find myself spiritually anyway like a year prior to that so it was just something eating at me on the inside every time i was in there i knew i wasn't supposed to be in there and so um that last day i just left i moved i ain't never come back yeah my manager texts me like so you so you quit like (laughs) i'm like (laughs) yep i don't even live there anymore i'm gone
0: but Uh, wow and how long ago was this
1: this was july 3rd last year
0: July 3rd last year. Okay, so you're going into about a year right now. Yeah. Next next month, we're basically a month away today. Yeah. Wow. Okay, and what was the first thing that you actually did to start supporting yourself, or even mentally that you had to do to basically like decompress out of that lifestyle?
1: So I have been saving. I have been saving. I didn't know I was saving to quit. (laughs) But I told you I started implementing rules for myself for my money and I had been working on the book too. I had been writing the book already. I released the book in August right before my birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, you know, my bills weren't too bad. Again, I had paid my bills up for months and I had been saving. So I had a nice little cushion as to where I didn't have to worry about any money for a while. And, um, I started applying for to be a flight attendant right after my birthday. I knew I wanted to wait until after my birthday because I wanted to go on vacation. I was like, I ain't going to try to go be, go work in nobody's job and then tell them I need the week off to go on vacation. I'm going to have some type of integrity. Mm -hmm. So my birthday is September 2nd. I quit two months prior. I ended up getting a call back for the interview. Like, Ten days after I applied, which is not normal for airlines. Like everything just started to move for me, you know, when I when I when I left it up to God, like, all right, God, I'm out of there. You you won't have to if you don't want me back up in there, I'm gonna need you to show me something, make like a way or something. And I ended up getting hired a month after I not even a month after I applied, I got accepted October first. Training started October twenty sixth. Okay. I graduated November twenty first and it's here we are here we are
0: that's so so crazy and the fact that i guess was something was that something you wanted to do for a long time or you just looked around and said what do i need to do when you zoned in on
1: it is actually something i wanted to do i i applied five years i initially applied to be a um a flight attendant at least five years ago it was about five five or six years ago but um, I don't know if I feel the thing outright. Or, but I didn't even try to follow up and see because I was so deep into dancing. I probably would have got fired anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, I probably would have got the job and ruined it anyway. So um, I just came back to that dream because it was a dream, you know. I just wasn't able to focus on that dream because of what I had right in front of me. So I went back to that dream. Like I've always wanted to be a flight attendant. If anybody hires me, it's gonna have to be somebody where I can still go, you know, get up and go. If I'm gonna work for anybody, why not be a flight attendant?
2: Yeah.
1: And, and it all sense. came so easy, yeah. yeah, And uh, it did, make perfect sense.
0: Yeah, definitely, and right there. I also wanted to know, so then now, let's get into your book a bit here. What made you decide to write a book?
1: So I began a personal development journey about a year before I started writing the book. Again, I found God or he found me. I don't know how it happened. He probably came and found me because I don't think I was looking for him. But um, I felt like it was a responsibility for me because I took away a lot from the books that I would read. I was reading and I felt like so many people needed like so many people where I was from that club scene, all of that, just even from where I grew up high school, all of that needed a personal development book that could speak to them in a language that they could understand. Who better, you know, why, why complain about this situation and you're not going to come up with a solution to it. I can give you some personal development in all of these lessons that I learned in this night lifestyle that I lived. Why not? You know, I'm I can speak your language, write the book, you know, and so that's what I did. If you would have told me I was writing a book or gonna speak on any type of platform, five, six years ago I would have told you you was tripping. It took me, for, I, I just took my English classes and speech classes over like five times in college. Like those classes, math, science, passed those the first time, yeah. English, speech. No, you couldn't get me to write a paragraph and think that I wrote a whole book. Yeah. And yeah. just
0: the title of it, Strip Bear Naked. So it's almost like you're you're ready to bear your soul and show them what you've seen from your eyes and mm-hmm. put it down on paper so you could understand who distraction really is at that time there and where yeah. you're going right now yeah you know what I mean no that's that's crazy I remember my sister C. she was the one that pointed out say listen you need to get distraction on the podcast but <laughs> at that time there, yeah she's good but at that time there it was only in studio so right now I'm in the studio so you'd have to come sit down in the studio have my mic sound um, and stuff there. but now since the pandemic and everything right, happened, and now we can do a lot of virtual you. stuff Yeah, mm-hmm. so you're way over there I'm way here we're sitting down and now it's really connecting because we did see it your book came out last year Yep. Yeah, yeah. We seen it from then. It's just we couldn't connect. I said, you. Yeah, as soon as I can, definitely connect with you. Want to get into some of your businesses here before I get you out of here. What are what are your two businesses that you have right now?
1: So here, Shadow Enterprises is basically my coaching and consulting company. Um, my my desire with this company is that I teach and help and inspire uh, other women. Um, it's it's particularly mothers learn how to create a side hustle Mm -hmm. online. You know, I can, I can take anything anybody does it. They can be a carpenter. They can be a painter. I don't care what they do and I can help them implement a way where they can make another stream of revenue from their phone or from their computer, something that they can do on the go. To open up another stream of income, um, especially with what's going on right now, like you said, you know, uh, it, it's important to have. And a lot of people, because I, because I don't, I'm not the person that believes that everybody is an entrepreneur. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs try to push you. You should have your own business. You should have your own business. Everybody ain't cut out to have their own business, no. but I do believe everybody is cut out to have their own side hustle. It's yeah. something in you that you got that you can make some money off of, you know, even if it's cooking chicken or drawing paintings, you know, it's something else in you that you have that you can implement to create your own source of income as to where you don't have to just solely depend on your career or your this or your that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I, you know, I, sh- I show women other ways um, through eBooks, through video courses, through, me coming on live, you know, through my posts, and and helping them implement ways that they can create a side hustle.
0: Yeah, um, and the good thing yeah. with it is you have your your daytime job, which is flight attendant, mm-hmm. and then you have your hide, your side your side hustle, which mm-hmm. is teaching people how to have a side hustle. Yeah, which is great. It's a win
1: win. How do you yep. lose? <laughs> you know, on the mean? go. If I can do this flying all over the place, you can certainly do it at home. You know, so yeah.
0: Definitely. And how has business been, especially in the pandemic right now? Um,
1: Business business has been... More people are online right now. You know, they're bored. No better time than now. And then I teach people how to do this with little to no money. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, money stops them from starting a business or... Um, whatnot. I started Mamas with me- Mamas Mamas with Melanin with absolutely no money, just to be able to show people you can do. Don't let money be, you know, an issue. Especially when I know you got some money. Yeah, it's just about where you feel like spending it. You know what I'm saying? You got some. You got a hundred dollars. You got two hundred dollars that you can use to invest in whatever your dream is. That phone bill or whatever that two hundred dollars was going to can wait because you know, when you, when this is an investment, you know, their Shopify is giving out free websites right now, 90 day trials where it used to be a 14 day trial.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, my website is absolutely free right now for the first three months. I'm yeah. making money off of it and I ain't paid them a dollar yet. Social media is free. Facebook is free. Instagram is free. You on there anyway, you know, you own it. Anyway, so why not make some money from it while you sitting on there? So yeah, I, I that's the thing. I teach them too, you ain't gotta have no whole bunch of money okay. to uh and, and, and a lot of businesses were started during pandemics, during recessions. You know, if you find a way to meet people's needs, Your business is going to do just fine during whatever, as long as you're meeting a need. You know, dressmakers switch to making masks. And I I know a dressmaker who made six figures off of making masks. And the pandemic's been here for what, two, maybe (laughs) three months? Wow. Six figures. Crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah so. you, gotta, you gotta hustle. You gotta know how to hustle. And again, with the internet, social media, and all of these stuff here, as you said, it's a very small cost of entry. Get in and start figuring yeah. it out. There's no yeah. 100% wrong answer. There's no 100% right answer also. Yeah. You understand? All right, before I get you out of here, there's a round called to Rapid Facts, where I ask you some quick questions, you give me back some quick answers, all right?
1: Okay.
0: You ready? Okay. So then the first one here is, what's your favorite color?
1: Hmm... The rainbow, I don't know. Uh, White. White, okay. Cool.
0: Okay, what's your biggest fear?
1: My biggest fear is um, not giving my daughters the options that I really desire for them to have. Yeah, okay.
0: That's a good one. What's your favorite food?
1: Oh... So greedy. These are hard. This is rapid Ooh. facts. Analysis. Oh, you right. Steak. <laughs> Steak. <laughs> okay. Are you
0: a cooker or a cleaner?
1: Cooker for sure.
0: Okay. Unlikely. What's the last book you read or listened to?
1: The last book I've read completely mm-hmm. or like started. Or started. Let's go and start it. <sighs> Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not gonna cheat. The last book I read is the Bible. I read the Bible last night Yeah, okay.
0: Fair enough. I like that. That's a good (laughs) one. Okay. What is your hobby?
1: My hobby Traveling. Does that count?
0: Of course it does
1: Because even before I was a flight attendant, I love to travel Um, Yeah, yeah, traveling. That's a good one. Reading. I love reading. I read a lot. I love reading
0: Yeah, okay. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be?
1: Ooh, dinner with three people, dead or alive. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. it's a good one.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Beyonce. Okay. Um... Michael Todd, Pastor Mike Todd. Okay. And third one. Napoleon Hill.
0: Napoleon Hill, okay. Good one, very, very good. Okay, what is your hidden talent?
1: Ooh. I'm so multi-talented. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Give me one, it's a rapid fax. Give me one.
1: Cooking, okay. I can cook. Alright,
0: alright. Yeah. You're a cooker. Alright, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Um, how do you relax?
1: In silence. I just sit in my room in silence.
0: Okay. Good one. Um one song that had the biggest influence on your life? Song? Yeah.
1: Huh. Make meals. Okay. Forgot the name, you know, that song, everybody was throwing money up. Dirty Diana, duh, that's a dirty (laughs) Diana. That changed the whole game for you. If I could meet Michael, let me change my answer. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have dinner with him just to let him know, bruh, you have to make a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got about five more here. Okay. What would you prefer, sex or chocolate? Chocolate. Chocolate, okay. Um, Another one here, your favorite movie of all time?
1: White Chicks.
0: You prefer water or juice? Water. Love water. All right. Something salty or sweet?
1: Salty. It's it's
0: sweet. Yes. Okay, 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 you got me. <laughs> okay, um, your favorite comedian of all time?
1: Uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin that's Hart.
0: a that's a good one there. And that is the end of the rapid. No, sorry, there's one last one here. Your biggest regret?
1: My biggest regret?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not finding God sooner.
0: Yeah, yeah no well okay that's the end of the rapid facts but you see the trick with finding god it's not a matter of sooner or later it's when it's supposed to happen because if you had entertained that thought earlier you probably Mm -hmm. weren't ready for it you're ready for it when it happened yeah so so then that was a good one there
1: yeah they say that the teacher appears when the student is ready right
0: you understand. Distraction, yep. it's been a great conversation, right? Now, if there's yes. anything you want to say, any contact info, anything, leave all your info right there before we get you out of here.
1: Um, I think you told them everything. Follow me on Instagram, Kiara Sade, Mamas with Melanin, Facebook, same thing. I'm on I Am Distraction sometimes, but not my main... You know, i just get on there every now and then. But, um, yeah, you want to keep up with me. Kiera Shadé for sure. Mamas with Melanin. Um, and I would just say, if there's anything that you've ever wanted to do and you've been waiting on something or some time to do it, the time is now. It'll never be a perfect time. Things will never be perfectly the way you envision them in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, just get out there and start, start messing, start now, start scared. So, because you'll look back and, and your biggest regret would be that I did not start sooner, you know? You understand. So, yeah.
0: You understand. No, no, no. Crazy, crazy conversation. I definitely wanted to have this conversation with you because I know of the 360 you made in your life where it's okay, nightlife, stripping and sex work and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. now it's more like flight attendant. You gave your life to god and all that and that's a real from left to right
2: mm-hmm. and it's
0: amazing to see that journey because again it's not like you were nobody when you were mm-hmm. stripping, you were one of the bosses of our bosses. You understand? <laughs>
1: right. And so I did get saved see? by no man. You know, most yeah. of them get saved by a man. I had to yeah. save no
0: <laughs> <laughs> It was good. It was amazing. Distraction. Was Anytime amazing. you're back in the city, you know where to find me. I'm going to big you up for my sister, C. She's the one that's made this happen. She said, you will talk to the distraction? Made it happen? And here we are.
1: Yes. Thank you so much yeah. for having me.
0: Thank you. It's been good. You know what I mean? Hope take care of yourself. Stay out of the mix, all that good stuff, and just continue to pray until we get, we get out of all of this. You know, and yes, and yes. keep it moving. All right, that's good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinesmusichut.com.